a new series in which, which is called, if you go into your bulletin, what do you call him? And we're talking about the attributes of God. And we're talking about the different names that are about those attributes. So today's lesson is coming out of Genesis 22, 1 through 19. And what do you call him? This Sunday, we're calling God by his name, Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh, which many of us know means my provider. And so let us, let us get deep down into Genesis 22. Genesis 22 is about Abraham, his son Isaac, and God is going to make a request of Abraham. Now, Abraham was an old man that had not had any sons for himself. <coughs> and that, <coughs> as you know, when you're trying to leave a legacy, you're trying to leave a legacy to your children or somebody. And if you don't have anybody to leave your legacy to, you got to figure out something. Abraham had got to a point where he was going to give his legacy, his, his land, his property uh, to his nephew Lot. Lot decided, no, I don't want that. I want my own. That's where we get the situation in Sodom and Gomorrah. Then Abraham listened to his wife, Sarah, say, I want you to sleep with my slave maid Hagar who's an Egyptian he does that he has a baby with her and, and that's where Ishmael comes but God said that's not what I promise you I promise you that your wife who is 90 years old she would have the baby I didn't tell you to go and sleep with Hagar so at a certain point Sarah does have this baby at 90 years old with Abraham they have Isaac, and at a certain point, it was time for Ishmael and Hagar to go. Because Ishmael was not the legitimate son of Abraham. So we get to the point where now Isaac is about 15 years old or so, and God in Genesis 22 says uh, to, um, to Abraham, and let's, let's open our word up this morning, if that's all right with us. If I could give me one reader... One reader. Let me speak for somebody. Can, if I can get a microphone to that reader, if I can give me one reader, you gonna be a, you gonna be a read? Oh, you gonna be a microphone? Okay. <laughs> You'll be a reader. Come on, be a reader for be a reader. Be a reader. I just want us to uh, stop in verse one and two real quick. Read verse one and two for me, sister. Genesis 22. Yes, ma'am. Genesis 22, verses 1 through 2. Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, Take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. The first thing that God had done, he had a request of Abraham. He said, Abraham, I'm going to test you in your faith. I'm not going to just test you in your faith just of anything, but I'm going to, the promise that I gave to you, I'm going to see if you're going to give that back to me. Now, a burnt offering was something that was an offering for our sins. So he was looking for something to atone for what he had done. Now, Abraham had a history of a lot of mess. At, at a certain point in time, he had went down to Egypt, had told a, a lie, 
uh, saying that Sarah was his sister. Now the truth is, she's his half-sister. But he's like, this is my sister. You can go ahead and be with uh, the Pharaoh. Pharaoh house got messed up, said something not right. Is this woman truly your sister? He's like, well, actually, that is my wife. Abraham had a lot of screw-ups. Abraham, no one told, like I told you, told Abraham to sleep with Hagar. No one told Abraham to do uh, many different things. Many things that we struggle with, Abraham knows about it. He knows about leaving his land and going to another land and just being out there. And sometimes when it's the nitty-gritty, sometimes his faith fails. Sometimes he relaxed back on what he knew, on what he was comfortable with, what was the custom. Because the truth is that what Abraham did with Hagar to have Ishmael was custom. What he was about to give to Lot was custom. There was nothing wrong legally what he was doing. But it was all wrong because God said, I have a provision and a path for you. Many times we will choose what the world will allow and even glorify and God is saying, that's not what I said. How we deal with our children. The world will tell us to do certain things. That's not what God said. Now I could do, uh, Johnny, don't, don't, uh, don't, don't do that, Johnny. Johnny, come on. It's going to be all right, Johnny. Sometimes God said, I got to give that ride. Now, the world tell me, I got to tell, Johnny, come on. Now, Johnny didn't hit me inside my head three times. Johnny, don't hit me with the fry pan again. See, that's the world going to glorify that. Now, I know we ain't glorifying that in the church. But the world will glorify that, right? Then we also got the stuff, you know, we go to work. Some of us, we will pick up all kind of pens and paper clips. And all, it looks like the office supplies at your house. The world glorify that. God don't say that. When we get on Central Expressway, you know how Central can get. We all know how Central can get. You gonna, somebody cut you off, you ready to let them know that you got some birds in your hand. And they can, they can see them all. But once again, the Lord don't call us to be like that. So, on and on, God is calling us to a higher standard. So, we have here, he tells Abraham, I want you, first of all, in verse 1, what? He calls out to Abraham, and what he says, are, are you listening? Am I right? Are you listening to God today? Are we listening to God? There were days that Abraham didn't listen. But are we at a point where God has shown out and showed up? Abraham had this, this baby, this Isaac, at 100 years old or so. I don't know about you. Ain't too many 100-year-old men I know having babies today. There's definitely not a lot of 90-year-old women I know at Parkland trying to give birth. That's a miracle. And so you have this, this, this Abraham is now at a point where he is listening. We have to first be ready to listen to God's request. We have to be ready to listen to God's will. We have to be ready to listen to what? His words. The next thing that, that we, when we are ready to listen, God's going to give us some instruction. So he tells Abraham, I want you to go offer up your son as an atonement. Can you read verse 3 for me? So Abraham rose early in the morning. Start right there. Does Abraham have a dialogue? Well, 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 hold up, God. You know, you just gave me the son uh, some years back. Are you serious? Abraham ha had been in the business 
of negotiation. When Sodom and Gomorrah happened, God came to Abraham. There's a hot mess in Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham. I'm about to destroy the city. Well, if there's 50 people, Lord, that love you, uh, will, you will you just go ahead and save them? Okay, I'll do that, Abraham. Well, actually, God, if it's 40, could you... He had broken down to about 10 people. It was just 10 folk up in there, Lord. And even Abraham knew it probably ain't about 10 folk up in Sodom and Gomorrah who looking for you, Lord. Abraham had always been about trying to negotiate and wiggle with God. I remember my first prayer, my first prayer when I was six years old, my first real prayer. I had a stomach ache. I said, Lord, if you could take the stomach ache away. I'll praise you today. Six years old. The stomach ache went away. I was negotiating. Many of us negotiate in our prayers. Negotiate with God. God, if you would just uh, allow this and, and make this happen, Lord, I, I'll make sure I tithe this Sunday. Some of us have had some tithe negotiations in here. Lord, if you just get me through the storm, just let me pay these bills. I, I'm going to tithe. And God says, you, we got to get at a point that he's not a car salesman. And he, you're not a car salesman. God is not looking for negotiations. He's looking for obedience. Do y'all see the difference? When you're trying to negotiate, you're trying to find out what's the best for you. But when you are being obedient, you're believing that that person has the best interest for you. When you're going to negotiate, you don't believe that that person has the best interest for you. When I go to the car lot to try to get a car, I'm going to negotiate. I don't believe that car salesman has the best interest for me. He's trying to make all his money on my back. So I'm going to negotiate. Too many times we are trying to negotiate with God, but we come from a place that God... I don't trust you got my best interest at heart. And, and, and we don't realize that. We don't realize that. What we think is, well, I'm just having a discussion. No, we're not coming from a place that we trust that God has our best interest at heart. So when you look at Abraham, he's got to appoint his life, so I'm going to get up. God told me to do this, so I'm going to get up. So you see that he was going to take his his only son that he loved with all his heart to the land of Moriah. So he was going to have to leave. He, it was not going to be something he could do right there at the house. He was going to have to leave what he knew and go somewhere else to do this. And then he was going to have to sacrifice him on the altar. Now this is what I want us to, to understand here throughout this. I don't want us to look too casually about it. So God is into human sacrifice? No. Can everybody say no with me? No. Okay, no. Because God is not, God, point, God has a point in this. And Abraham, I think, is understanding the point too. Because we're going to get into where Abraham like, God's going to provide. Don't worry, son. So God is not going to go against his will, but God is going to try to push us to another level. Abraham had came from the land of Ur. He's been through a lot of different things, but now we're at this point where he's trying to push Abraham to the next level. Many times, we get to that verse 3 in our life, and we don't accept the next level. We accept the negotiation. And God is saying, are you ready to do the so? Instead of the but. So I got up and did what God told me to do. So I got up and I did tithe. So I got up and I ain't cuss everybody out at the job. So I got up and I may have to have what? Quit my job because God has said, you need to go here. So I stopped dating this fool over here because this fool was not going to be about anything about me. That's so. 
Meantime, we try to negotiate our mess. We want God to bless it. Bless our mess, Lord. Uh, I'm dating this fool. He a fool. He's ungodly. She ungodly. She ain't trying to build you up. And you trying to date this person. And this person has no vested interest in trying to compliment you or make you even better. They, just, they want to drag on you. And God's saying, I want you to do a so. The so is hard. Because you're going to have to leave your comfort. You're going to have to go to a land of Moriah. You're going to have to leave your comfort. And you might have to sacrifice some things in your life so that God can bless you even more. So we get so the first thing, God did a request. The second thing, response. Read verse 3, Rita. <laughs> so Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. His response was he prepared. He got ready. He didn't talk about anything. He didn't go and say, well, what do you think over here? Sometimes we negotiate with God, but sometimes we want to go and get other counsels about what God's will is for us. When God has told us plainly, we want to go have a whole debate about with it with everybody else. Well, what does Dr. Field say? What does Mama say? What? No, 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 no. Did he, do you see any discussion points in this? He doesn't go, let me go talk to Sarah. Sarah! Now, listen, now Sarah already got a history of bad advice. So he didn't go talk to Sarah. He didn't go talk to his son. He didn't go try to find Lot. He said, you know what? We're going to go settle up these donkeys. He saddles up his donkeys. And then what he does? He takes two servants with him. And then he got Isaac ready. See, we have to get in our mind, for when God tells us to do something, we need to, get our, we need to prepare for our journey. We need to prepare ourselves for our journey in God with what? God's word. We need to prepare ourselves in our journey. We're going to have to, when we get in our car sometime, when we go to work, we might have to put on some gospel music. Or we might have to go buy us a little one-minute drive-time devotional from Half Price Books that costs about 2 or $3. Invest. What I'm trying to tell you, he was doing some investing. His servants could have stayed behind. He could have just went to him, but he took his investments with him on his, on his journey. You're going to have to invest in this life with Christ. Many of us want, give me, give me, give me. Well, God is saying, you need to give and let me show out and bless you. But you're going to have to do some investing yourself. You... This, this thing, God is trying to empower us. He's not trying to handicap us. So, with Abraham, he's getting his things prepared for the journey. Do you prepare yourself in the morning when you're about to go to work or for whatever? Do you prepare your mind for the, for the day? Do you prepare your mind for what's about to come at you? Are you preparing your mind? You know that. You know you got a bill out there. So, you know the bill collector going to call you? They're going to send an email. You got your mind ready for it? Some of us may have some other situations. Some of us may have to go to court. Are you getting your mind ready for it? And when I say your mind ready, sometimes we get our own mind. Are we in line with God during, for the day? Have we started off our day in the presence of the Lord? Have we started our day off like that? Or, or we already turned on the news and got ready where everybody else is trying to say? We have to get to a point where we need to isolate ourselves and meditate on God's word. 
And you're going to have to bring you some other people who are going to meditate with you. Now, Abraham didn't go by himself, right? He had to bring Isaac. He had to bring a son. You're going to need some, some what? There's no long range of Christians. You're going to need some people around you in that morning sometimes to pray with you. If you have a husband and wife, it should be some point in time where we take some time and just meditate on God's word. If it's family time, whatever. If you got a boyfriend, girlfriend, it needs to be some time when we meditate on God's word. If it's just you by yourself, then that's fine. Let it be you by yourself. Understand, we need to take some time and get in God's word. If you got a roommate, I'm telling you, this is how serious it is. If you have a roommate, get with your roommate and get in God's word together. We got to get serious about it. So he had his response. He prepared himself. He was ready to go on this journey. Verse 4 and 5. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey, and I and the lad will go over there and we will worship and return to you. Okay, let's start there. There's so much in those couple of verses. The first thing is this. He prepared himself for a three-day journey. Does it say that God talked to him during those three days? See, some of us want this constant talking. Oh, you're doing good today, Charnel. Charnel, you're a beautiful person. Come on, let's walk. We got two more steps. God sometimes is going to let you walk and it's going to be silent. Sometimes we don't like that. Sometimes we don't want that. God is saying, I've been maturing you enough that I can be silent. It's not that I'm not with you, but I'm silent. Three days he's in this journey. Then him and Isaac talk, I'm sure it's a father and son. He loves this boy. Then a certain part I'm sure. But there is no mention that him and God had another conversation during this point in time. He's three days out from his comfort. He's three days out from what he knows. He's three days out from all of his rest of the service. He only took two. And then he's going to tell the two that he has, y'all stay here because I need to go over there with my son. And then he says, but we will be back. Now, he knows he's on a mission. He's on a journey to sacrifice his son. But when he's telling the servants, we will be back. He doesn't say, I will be back. We will be back. I don't know what God's going to do on the other side, but I know he's going to provide for me. We have to get in the business in our life that you know what? I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I know God got my back. I can't predict. I'm not psychic friends. I ain't. Who was the psychic friend lady? Who was that lady? Dion Warwick. I'm not Dion Warwick. And Dion Warwick ain't Dion Warwick. All I know is I have a God that's got my back. That this God is going to provide for me. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I know he will do it. I don't know how it's going to look, but I know he's going to make it look. I don't know when he's going to do it, but I know he's going to do it. We got to stop getting in the business of trying to control God because God is definitely not our puppet. We are the clay. He is a potter. God is telling us, we're going to go over a little bit more without some people. And this other thing, you're going to have times in your life that the friends that you have, you can't take them on the journey with you. See, we get, we, we get in a place that we want to go everywhere with everybody. 
Now I learned a long time ago, when I was going to college, my parents bought me a, a truck. It was two passengers. Then my dad told me, I don't want you to have a big old car or a car because I don't want a whole bunch of people trying to get in this car with you. There's only one and you. That's it. You decide who that one is. But that's on you. I said, all right. Why he was saying that? Because, see, a lot of times we get a whole bunch of folks with us, and everybody got different opinions about our journey. Well, I, if you get everybody in the car with you, and you don't exactly know where you're going, how many people going to tell you how many different routes to get there? And we were just talking about walking the city place from right here. And we all, we all got a different way to get there. Some of us say, it's only by the car. We ain't going to walk. And some of us going to say, well, cut through here. Some are going to say, go by the Taco Bell. There's going to be a lot of different methods to get to the place we need to get to. But we get unfocused and distracted from what God is telling you to go through. Because sometimes God will tell you to go through the thicket. Sometimes he's going to tell you to go through the thorns. Sometimes he's going to tell you to go through hell itself. And you're going to feel like, I'm alone and I'm broken down. But God's saying, I am with you through the storm. I am through, I'm with you in the midst of your agony and your pain, your trials and tribulations. I am with you. And I'm going to tell you, you're going through this fire, but this pressure and all that thing, it looks like some coal in your hand, but just like coal, if you put enough pressure on it, it becomes a diamond. God is trying to make some diamonds out of our life. It may look dirty on this side. We all dirty and cold up. But we've been going through so much pressure, so much fire, that God has said, I'll make you a diamond. And if you got a good diamond, not that corner, that fake stuff, not that stuff we find out the big teeth. I'm talking about that real stuff. That real stuff. You know you can cut some stuff with some diamonds. You let some folks walk up on a woman that got a real diamond. They can cut the mess out of that cheek on that fool who's trying to run up on them. Because they got a real diamond. God trying to make him some cutters in this world. He trying to make him some diamonds. So Abraham saying, y'all stay here. Are y'all ready to let some folks stay there and trust God? Y'all stay here. So we get to that separation, verse 6 to 8, please. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. Say it right there. Once again, he made that preparation. First of all, he also said, we're going to worship on this side. We had to get to a point in our life that when we going through the, the, the agony that we're going through, we gotta praise God. And this is the hardest, this is the hardest thing. Abraham was not like this when he left earth. You are not gonna be like this when you just became a Christian. You're not gonna be just like this maybe five years in. You're not gonna be like this until you get real with yourself and real with your journey with Christ. Because when you're going through, because I would be down Friday. I'm telling you, pastor's still trying to get there. Abraham had been through a lot to get to this place that I'm going to worship God no matter what happens. It's going to take us some time, but i got to try to push myself and submit myself to God because what God wants, he wants to see you worship in the storm. He wants to see you worship in the midnight hour. He wants to see you worship when you're in pain. He wants to see you worship. Why? Because you're saying this, I trust this Lord. I trust that God has got my back. Cancer may be wrecking my body. Arthritis may be all up on me. But God himself got me. 
So the pain that I have is just temporary because I got eternal joy on this other side anyway. So you got to understand, I'm going to worship in, 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 and look, you don't have to worship here because Abraham was, he was going with his son. You can worship by yourself. You can, has anybody had them a shouting party by themselves? Has anybody had them a crying party by themselves? You been in the car, you you all red and eyes about to go to work. They think, what's wrong with you? Man, I've I been hallelujahing up. Because I didn't call my spirit. And then you went left work, you calling us for Lord. You've been through something, but you said God been with me. You gotta have your worship experience with God by yourself. Don't wait for morning, Sunday morning worship. You need to be worshiping God every day. Every day. And so, he gets here. He says, we're going to prepare ourselves. Because either way, something's going to happen on the mountain, Isaac. So he puts that wood on him. Please continue to read. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Let's start right there. When you got somebody young with you, especially your children, they ask questions. Why? Why? He has a very good question. This is not the first time Isaac has worshipped with his father. I want you to understand that. He has gotten into a practice of being in worship with his father. That's good fatherhood right there. Fathers should be, the children should see their father's worship. And he asks the question, where? So this is where we get Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh. God will provide himself a lamb. When you are in the midst of your trouble, you believe God going to provide for you? Or are you still trying to provide for yourself? You trying to find another job? You trying to find another way to make this happen? You trying to find another this and that? Have you went to God yet? Many times, God is our last call. You know, it's kind of like all them friends that we have. You know, you got about three or four or uh, five friends. You, if you got some money trouble, you may have two friends you can call. But did you call on God first? See, meantime, we put God at the very end. Well, I ain't got nothing else. Lord can't help me. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want that last call. Don't call me last. I couldn't figure out no other way, God. Can't help me. And that's how we doing. Can't help me. Kendra, if I came to you, hey, Kendra, I called by 24. Can you help me, Kendra? You, you feel a little disrespected, right? Especially if Kendra had the stuff in order from the very beginning. Because see, all the other 20 friends, they get it from Kendra too. See, we all getting blessed because of God. So why go to the, all the people who get the, the byproduct and not get it from the creator? Why get it from the person, you getting the fruits, but I need to go to the tree? Meantime, we don't want to go to the Kendra. We want to go to our other friends. And God is saying, no, I want you to go to the Kendra. I want you to come to me first. Because what's going to happen, I'm going to show I'm Jehovah Jireh. So Abraham is in full belief. He's in full belief. He's been through all these different phases in his life. And he's at the belief that God is going to provide. Please continue to read. And I mean, we're in our point reliance. 
He has reliance on God. Go ahead. So the two of them walked on together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Start right there. Abraham is at a point of obedience. He's still believing that as he ties his son to the altar, as he, as he raises his hand, God is going to provide. Even if I should slay my son, God is going to bring him back to life. Because God made me a promise. We have to depend upon the promises of what God is doing for us. And so he raises back his hand and please read. We have this reckoning point in our life. And please read. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not stretch out your hand. Start right there. At the beginning of this whole measure, God had called out to Abraham. He was listening. At the very moment that he's about to raise back and slay his son, he is still listening to God. See, no matter what we're in, we have to still be in a listening mode. Listening mode is not me talking and you talking. Listen to me, the Beverly talking, I'm looking at Beverly, and I'm not thinking about everything else. Okay, I wish Beverly just be quiet. I got about a hundred million things. No, I'm listening to Beverly. I could be doing some things. Have anybody uh, been a child? And your mama talking to you, and she telling you do this and do that, do this. But you got to steady be listening to everything she's telling you to do. She didn't tell you to do three different things at one time. Okay, mama going to vacuum, wash the dishes, oh, watch the flow. But she listening to everything she has to say. Why? Because you know there's a consequence if I don't listen. There is a consequence if I don't listen to God. There is a defeat when I don't listen to God. There is a point where I fall down when I don't listen to God. There is a breaking within me when I don't listen to God. Listening to God is so important. It's beyond measure. And so he is at the point where he's listening and what happens? <coughs> He said, sorry, do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the place of his son. I want to start right there. There's, there's a couple things going on, right? We have Isaac who laid down in obedience. He didn't struggle. He didn't fight. He, he's following what his father's saying. We have a father who is following what God is saying. Understand, parents, how we act, our children will act. If your kid cussing, I bet you cuss. Your kid smoking, I bet you smoke. Your kid drinking, I bet you drink. What, you, what the children are seeing is where they're going to act within their own life. So we got some, if you see later on some jacked up relationships in your children's lives, you got to look back. Did I show them some jacked up stuff? You may have. Now, Abraham did some jacked up stuff. But Abraham what? God said this is still redemption for you. Because Abraham had showed him, 
uh, fornication outside the marriage. You had uh, illegitimate children running around. Abraham showed Isaac all of that. But he had came to a point where he got his right mind and that he could be a good and godly influence to Isaac. So Isaac laying there and saying, Father, you're going to do what you got to do. But the angel of the Lord is stopping him. Well, there is a ram in the bush. For many of us, God is pushing us all the way to the point in our faith. He's saying, do you believe I'm Jehovah Jireh? Do you believe I will provide? Will you go to this point with me and say, I know the Lord got me. I know the Lord's got me. Too many times we are trying to rely on everything else. He could have said, no, I'm not going to do that, Lord. I'm going to do it like this. No, he followed God's word to the T. And God said, I have a ram in the bush. Understand, God has a provision for us when we are obedient to his word. God's got our back. So when you say, man, so many of us have lost a job and we start doing some other stuff to make a little money. And God said, I didn't call you to do certain illegal activities. Some of us have been in that situation. Some of us have been, well, my marriage ain't working out right. So I'm going to step outside and be with so-and-so. God did not call us to be like that. Some of us have been parents, and we have acted crazy with our child, where CPS could have came in and got us. God has not called us to be like that. God is saying, I'm pushing you to the point because you got to walk with me. Many of us have stopped walking with God, and we don't understand why these things are not working out. I'm telling you, go back. Are you listening to God's word? Are you walking with him? Are you seeing what he's trying to do in your life? And this is at the end he's going to do. He's got a ram in the bush for you. He's got a provision for you. I'm not saying provision just for all of us. He's got a provision for Alexia. He's got a provision just for Kendra. He's got a provision just for Beverly. It is tailored just for you. He's got a provision. Why? Because he's God Almighty. He is Jehovah Jireh. He's got a provision tailored for you. He has a plan tailored for you. I'm not going to be a principal. I'm not going to be a teacher. I am an attorney. That was my provision. He, that was his plan for my life. He's got a detailed plan for all of us. So when something doesn't work out, understand, God said, I close that door. There's some relationships that we wanted to work out. Now we have our hindsight now, ooh, I'm glad I didn't get with that joker. Because that joker got on some drugs. He up there, he hit his wife. Or this, this girl, she didn't have a couple other babies on that man. We all been there. Lord. Uh-oh, I'm calling you. So, phone just rang. So, in verse 15 through 19, give me that last portion. This is what happened when you are obedient to God. Abraham called the name of that place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of, of the Lord it will be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Indeed, I will greatly bless you, and I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is on the seashore and your seed shall possess the gate of their enemies. Let me say right there I appreciate you. 
we have a point when we have been obedient to God, when we are obedient to God, he has a blessing, a reward for us. And in that blessing, we got to understand, it's like playing a football game. The best football games is when it comes down to last play. You know, when they got to throw that Hail Mary, or when they got to uh, throw that short pass, or they got to run, or, or whatever. When there's two minutes left, now the two minutes come down, and now you only got 10 seconds left on that clock. Or if in a basketball game, it's, it's five seconds on the clock, and there's not no free throw they're going to win the game. They're going to have to shoot a three-pointer. Or it's like in baseball, when you're in the bottom of the ninth inning, and it's, three, it's two outs or, uh, and three, two strikes, and you got one more, or you're going to be out the game. Some of us are in our life right there, right at that point. We're at the bottom of our life. We're at the bottom of this game that we call life. We're at the point where we are ready to give up and God said I want you to keep pushing some more because I want you to keep swinging for the fences. I want you to shoot the three pointer. I want you to try to throw that Hail Mary which ain't no Hail Mary. I want you to throw that ball and say praise the Lord because this is what's going to happen. God said I have a provision for you. The same God that had provision for Noah, he got a provision for you. The same God that saved Noah and his family from the flood the same God today. The same God that saved uh, Isaac from being slain by his own father that's the same God that had a ram in the thicket that's that same God that same God that had a wife for Isaac when he was 40 years old that same God has something for you that same God that what, what he do for David he said I'm gonna provide protection from the government who is on your head don't worry because I'm providing safety and security for you that same God that saw Daniel in the lion's den when he was thrown in there and everybody gave up he gave him another point, provision that these lions' mouth will not even be on you. You got some haters in your life, but God gave you a provision to overcome that. The same God that had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, that same God provided them what? He was in there amongst them. And he said, there was nothing burnt on them. They didn't smell like fire. They came out like... What's going on? I'm still going to praise the Lord. The same guy that said, I will have a story that we will start at the beginning of this whole creation. When Adam messes up, that's all right. Because I got a second Adam coming down. And that's going to be my only son. My son. With Abraham, where I prevented him from doing, I'm going to do. Because God said, I'm going to slay my son, Jesus Christ, to be the atonement for the world. He's going to save this world. This is what he's done for us. So that same Jesus that got on the cross for my sins and for your sins he said I'm going to provide provision that he's going to be put in that tomb but I got a Jehovah Jireh that got him up on the third day I got a Jehovah Jireh that's up there paying some bills today I got a Jehovah Jireh that somehow keep me out of jail I got a Jehovah Jireh that got food in my refrigerator. I got me a Jehovah Jireh that's getting me in the right relationships and get me on the right path. I got a Jehovah Jireh that gave me manna. I don't know what it is, but I know it's from the Lord. I don't know what it is, but I know God's got me. I don't know what it is, but God's been with me through the storm. I don't know what it is. I can't call on anybody at midnight, but I can call on Jesus Christ. I don't know what it is, but I got Jehovah Jireh, my provider. That's what I have. And you know what happens? Just like Abraham. See, your seed is going to get blessed because your obedience. My seed is going to get blessed. My legacy is going to get blessed because I was obedient. The, the provi provision
provision is not stopping at me. The provision goes on to my children and then on their grandchildren and then on the great-grandchildren. God comes out and shows out. I don't know about you. His blessing does not stop at one person. His blessing overflows. I don't know about you, but my cup has run over. My cup has run over. Surely and goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Not because of who I am, but because of who my God is. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Is there anyone today, is there anyone today that want to come down and accept Jesus Christ as your pro Savior? I say today should be the day. If there's any